0: My mother at the time, she was raising five kids on her own. My father, he was incarcerated at the time. And she was struggling trying to take care of me and my siblings. And like it would be days where we struggled to get food, like we didn't have any money, and we'd be hungry and we had to bounce around like we were homeless, bouncing around living with different people. And it was one day that stood out in particular. And we hadn't eaten all day. And my baby sister, she was crying because she was hungry. We had eaten. and She was complaining to mom. She was like, mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I'm hungry. And so my mom, she only had a dollar on her. So she took us to a McDonald's. She walked us around to a McDonald's. We didn't have a car. She walked us to a McDonald's. She went up there. She ordered a cheeseburger. And the total came out to a dollar and five cents.
1: Wow. But so she
0: didn't have a nickel. Yeah, she didn't have a nickel. So she had to ask around for that nickel, and then somebody gave her the nickel. She got the cheeseburger, she took us outside, and then she started cutting it in five five slices. And then she started handing it out to me and my siblings. And while we were eating, my baby sister noticed that my mama wasn't eating. And then she was like, Mom, why aren't you eating? like, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And that was the first time I seen my mother break down in tears. Like, everything had finally gotten to her. And that kind of stuck with me for so long. I was like, dang, like, she never showed any emotion in that situation right there. Like, it stuck with me. It stuck with me forever. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dogs. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. He Dogs. And how you know, listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day Go Live Go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear Go Nose. This is Terrell Fletcher. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day No Bloody, but perhaps better known as the greatest corner
2: to ever step on a football field, Dion Prime Time Sanders.
0: Great Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks and you're listening to Hear the Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD for the player died and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
1: What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Hear the Spear presented to you by Noel Game Day. We have a great interview coming up for you guys with former Noel 2013 National Champion, Freddie Stevenson. He talks a little bit about his new brand, Triumph 105, his time in the AFL, Jimbo Fisher and the coaching staff, the 2013 National Championship in Pasadena, and then also the 2014 Clemson illegal block called on him, which is definitely a must listen. And then the current situation happening at Florida State with Willie Taggart and the players there. I know last week we did say that we were previewing the fall camp and the position breakdowns, but we have moved that to next week. We won't have a guest. We have a feeling that it's going to last quite a bit, at least an hour previewing, uh, getting ready for practice starting for the Noles for the 2019 season. So we will not have a guest next week. It will be all getting ready for fall camp. We have a huge guest lineup, though. Lots of guys coming on that I think you guys will be excited to hear from coming up in the coming weeks so uh, as always guys you can listen to the podcast on itunes soundcloud spotify google play and we always appreciate you guys listening and enjoy the interview all right everyone everyone. Uh, we got an awesome interview here uh, for you guys tonight. We got former 2013 national champion Freddie Stevenson joining us on Hear the Spear this evening. What's going on, Freddie? How you doing? I'm
0: good. How you doing?
1: Doing great. Doing great. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, ever since you hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I've been stoked about this, and I know the rest of the guys on here have. So I'm ready to talk some ball with you during this this off offseason.
0: Definitely good. Good to know. I'm ready to talk by my nose as
1: well. <laughs> I can see you on Twitter. You've been you've been uh pretty live right now with keeping up with everything. Uh, I, I want to ask you though, what's going on with you lately? Uh, I, I've seen uh, you've been doing a lot of work with your motiva- uh motivational speaking brand called Triumph. I, I want to hear all about that because I've seen it all over your Twitter. I saw your announcement whenever you said you were switching to doing a little bit of business stuff with it and uh, sticking with motivational things, going to do speeches and uh, all that. But I want to hear all about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I'll probably say maybe a month and a half ago, I launched Triumph 105. It's a basically a lifestyle brand with a whole bunch of motivational aspects to it. I have the motivational speaking, and I also have the clothing tied into it. And it's basically just a, a lifestyle. And the message I have behind it is no matter – the obstacles you face or whatever you're facing in life, how tough things may seem, you can overcome any situation or triumph, as I say. What made
1: what made you get into that?
0: I think it was always something that I had in me, and I, for the longest, I was just running, like, kind of running away from it. Like, I knew it was a gift. I had, like, influence over others, and I always had... The power to kind of shake a room and like if you hear me speak you'll you'll see it as well like I, the, the people who leave the room are like dang man like this guy really like I didn't even know that like he changed my life like and I always had that but I kind of ran from it and I kind of like limited myself a little bit just focusing on ball but now God's taking me to a place where that's just I got to use my platform.
1: Did you did that come a little bit from your time at Florida State with being in the locker room? or were you one of those vocal kind of players?
0: um, I was vocal when I needed to be. I wasn't necessarily like all the time vocal like I pulled guys to the side and kind of. Speak to them. Then I wasn't necessarily one of those rah rah guys all in front of the team. Like, but I would always pull guys to the side and kind of motivate them Cause I know certain players responded that better than anything.
1: Well, you're gonna have to send. You're gonna have to see uh, some of your shirts because I was checking out your website earlier and earlier this week, and those are some pretty uh, nice looking shirts. I love them.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah, I got to. Um, I um. I appreciate that. I got to tell you the story behind because the full name is Triumph One Hundred Five and. I explained the triumph, but people always ask me, like, what does the 105 come from? And the background on that story goes way back to my childhood. So, basically, my mother at the time, she was raising five kids on her own. My father, he was incarcerated at the time. She was struggling trying to take care of me and my siblings. And, like, it would be days where we struggled to get food. Like, we didn't have any money. And we'd be hungry, and we had to bounce around. Like, we were homeless, bouncing around, living with different people. And it was one day that stood out in particular, and we hadn't eaten all day. And my baby sister, she was crying because she was hungry. We had eaten, and she was complaining to Mom. She was like, Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm hungry. So my mom, she only had a dollar on her, so she took us to a McDonald's. She walked us around to a McDonald's. We didn't have a car. She walked us to a McDonald's. She went up there. She ordered a cheeseburger. And the total came out to a dollar and five cents. Wow. So she didn't have a nickel. Yeah, she didn't have a nickel. So she had to ask around for that nickel. And then somebody gave her the nickel. She got the cheeseburger. She took us outside. And then she started cutting it in five, five slices. And then she started handing it out to me and my siblings. And while we were eating my baby sister noticed that my mama wasn't eating and then she was like mom why why aren't you eating like what's wrong is everything okay and that was the first time i seen my mother break down in tears like everything had finally gotten to her and that kind of stuck with me for so long i was like dang like she never showed any emotion in that situation right there like it stuck with me it stuck with me forever
1: yeah that's whoo that, that's that's special, though, to have that kind of name. Now, now I understand it makes a lot of sense, too. Wow. That's, that, that, yeah, that's why
0: my, my Instagram name is StruggleMate105, and then my brand is Triumph105.
1: Okay, now that makes a lot of sense. Wow, thank you for sharing that with us. That's something, that, that's something I think a lot of people should know, too.
2: Yeah, it's a really touching story, and we wish you all the best with your brand.
0: I appreciate that.
2: <clears throat> but Freddie, you spent some time in the AAF recently. We've had some guys like Carlos Williams and, and Reggie Northrop talking about their time with the Abalos on the show. What was your experience like with the AAF?
0: I mean, it was a cool experience. It was my experience was kind of similar to my experience on in my run in the NFL. Like I did all I could, I could do. I showed my versatility. And then, like ultimately, the team was like, "Shoot, we don't want a fullback." So I was like, "All right, man, I'm I'm done with bug. I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Like, I'm always getting stuck on the teams that don't really fit my skill set, so it doesn't really benefit me." So I was like, "All right, this is just the the card I've been dealt, so I can't really be mad. I just got to move on." Hmm. But it was cool. It was a good experience. Coach Perry, he's a cool coach, so. It was a cool experience.
3: Yeah
1: how how was it planned for for Spurrier too with you being a Knoll? Did he ever make any jokes with you guys? Because there's a lot of Knolls on that squad.
0: He might have, but shoot, he can't really make no jokes with us. He never lost to him.
3: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking on Florida State, Freddie, you were recruited uh, to Florida State and came to Florida State as a linebacker, uh, mm-hmm. and eventually made the switch to fullback. Whose idea was it to make the switch to fullback, and what was your initial response to that change?
0: I think I th- it had to be Jimbo because coming out of high school, I played both sides, and the whole thing when we were getting recruited, my pops kept telling me, like, you're not – he kept asking me, like, man, you're not going to try to switch my son to offense, man. Like, you're recruiting him as a linebacker. He's like, yeah, I mean, he's he's a playmaker. We would love to have him on this side, but we're looking at him as a, as a linebacker. Whew. So – So I was kind of like taken – caught off guard by the situation. He told me he wasn't going to switch me to offense. But then once he got there, I was like, dang, man, he he switched me to offense. But I could have – the way I looked at the situation, I knew that we had veterans ahead of me. We had Tevin and those guys. So I was probably going to redshirt at linebacker. So he broke it down to me. He was like, I think you can – say a long time in the NFL with your size and your athletic ability like they don't really have guys like that at this position anymore it's a dying breed but they don't have guys like you and so I think you can make millions of dollars at this position and he kind of convinced me to do it and I was I was frustrated at the time I thought that my future was that linebacker and I we had we but we butted head of, heads a few times and They had to call me up, my freshman year, like, a few times because I was butting heads with them, like, just out of frustration. But we got everything all cleared out, and they met met up with me in the spring and just kind of broke everything down to me again to make sure that I was on board to continue playing that position. And I was cool with it.
1: It seems like in the end run of it all, it seemed to turn out pretty well for you, too.
3: Yeah, you, you you had a great career as a fullback and you're gonna be remembered as one of the best fullbacks to ever do it at Florida State. Um looking back, do you do you ever think about what would have happened if you would have stayed at linebacker?
0: I mean, yeah, um it's human nature to to think about it, but
3: I don't right. really like
0: to live live in the past. Like I feel right. like thing, I feel like whatever is meant to happen it would happen. So if it was meant for me to stay at linebacker, life would have worked itself out to where I would have made my way back to the defensive side of the ball. So I don't really like to bank on that type of stuff. Like what was meant to happen happened. I made the best out of my situation. So that's all I can really worry about. And just keep moving forward. What I yeah.
1: what and what I think about on defense being the most physical position is definitely linebacker. And then if I go to offense and being the most phys- uh, physical, it's definitely fullback. So I think it kind of fit your physicality i'm sure you liked hitting people so you kind of kept that um way of doing things uh i want to definitely it's time to do it uh and it's talked about all the time about the clemson penalty in 2016 dalvin was on a big run that was probably going to change the game for you guys and you might have uh taken the win there against the tigers uh the the floor is yours. We saw Jimbo Fisher going crazy. He about lost his mind and got kicked out of the game. It looked like he was about to murder the refs. But I want to get your thoughts on it. Was it uh was it a illegal or legal block?
0: It was Suit. I've been I would say it was legal, but I put myself in a tough situation to where I made it close. Like, all right, don't get me wrong, like those refs, like I feel like they're the reason – I don't know what they had going on that day, they, they should start making refs, breathing to breathalyzer before games because of those refs. Like, they won they – they had to be under their influence that game because I, that definitely was a clean play. Like, I, been, I have been doing that all season. I can speak on it now, so, you know, I'm going to speak on it. I ain't in college no more. Absolutely. Please do. Let it loose. Let it loose. <laughs> um, but, yo, I, I definitely – I think – It was definitely a clean play, but I feel like I could have put myself in a better position so that that didn't happen. But because you know you might have a ref one day, he get caught up watching the game, which may have happened that day, and then he looks up, he sees a guy on the ground, he decides to just pull out a flag. Hey, and then he realizes, hey, Clemson's playing the nose. We don't like the nose.
1: Yeah, I want to quote Jimbo on that on the presser after that game. He said it was cowardly garbage. Uh, I'm, t- I'm Talking about the call on you, said it was ridiculous. It was not a chop. It was not a chop. I will tell you what: you hold coaches accountable, you hold players accountable, hold the damn officials accountable. It is garbage, and then to call another penalty on the sideline is even more garbage. It's cowardly, gutless, oh, and wrong.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he he already he already knew like the ref already threw up. That's why they threw the flag. He felt guilty. He like ah oh, man, they had my neck. Yeah, neck, but I respect I respect Jibbo Sue. He he took that fun he took that fun for your boy, and I res- I respect him because it was real. Like that was that was that was bull, and they know it was bull. Like mm-hmm. they just wanted to take that game away from him. That was gonna change the whole game.
1: Yeah, it, it would have y'all had a lot of momentum rolling too. That just cut it, and Clint. That's and the thing is though, that's what has been going on against Florida State with the refs and what they pull for a while. Definitely with Clemson.
0: Yeah. I don't. It really feels like it. In general, I feel like they just got a problem with the nose. Like we can't get calls in any games. Like just watching last year, like I know it was a down season, but some of the calls last year were crazy. Like and this happens every season.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Florida State fans on Twitter make sure to uh, tweet that ACC network account quite a bit every Saturday.
0: Well deserve it.
1: Yes. And also, it seemed like
2: y'all called the same play later in the fourth quarter and you carried the ball. Dalvin made the same sort of cut block downfield on a linebacker and, and they didn't call a flag or anything. So, you know, it's, it's a wishy-washy call for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it was just. They, hit, they might have some replacement rest in there that week or something. I
1: don't
0: know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. I don't know. They're not working that week. They might have, might have been some volunteers or something, but, yeah, we've been doing
1: that all. Too. Someone was on a little something-something before that game.
0: <clears throat> I ain't going <laughs> to speak on that. I'll just say give them the breathalyzer before the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I believe after that game, Jimbo was also fined, if I'm correct. He was fined for yeah, a little bit.
0: Yeah, was fine. It was fine because I, I remember on Monday, they were like, dang, man, he took the fine for you, and he spoke up in the <laughs> – he was like, man, I, like, I'm going to speak up for my players. Like, he's like, that's – boy, like, he, he made it plain to us. Like, he made it clear. Like, we were like, Coach, we with you. Like, we know. Like, we already know what it is. Like, freddie been doing that all season. he been clean all season. Like, we – I never even heard that rule, like, in that format like it just was crazy to me i was i was like dang man it made me question everything i had been doing all season
1: i know right it changes your mindset on the next block
0: yeah.
2: reggie reggie northrop joined us on the show last week and he had a lot to say about the coaching staff particularly mm-hmm. on jimbo and charles kelly as well what is your opinion on those two guys as coaches and people from what you got to see at Florida State?
0: I mean, everybody's experience is different. Um, I mean, me personally, I didn't have any problems with them. No. They were always in my corner. Um, I, Reggie's situation might have been a little different. I can't speak on the situation like he can, but yeah, they always been in my corner like when – when I was going to the senior bowl or the combine, like all I was hearing from the scouts and the coaches were, was how Jimbo and Coach Kelly were building me up, saying I was the best fullback they ever been around. Like, And Jimbo coach, shoot, J- Jacob Hester, he was a second-round pick. He was saying I was the best he ever been around. He said Jacob Hester wasn't even on my level. So I have no, nothing but great things to say about him and for him to take that chance and switch my position and really keep When I, at the time where I didn't think it was going to work out, it really turned around for the best, really, even though things didn't work out in the NFL. Like, that's out of his control. Like, that wasn't in God's plan. But I have nothing but great things to say about him. He brought the best out of me. I can't really speak on Coach Kelly. I was with him for a little bit, so I can't really speak on Coach Kelly.
1: When when you stepped uh, onto FSU's campus for the first time as a freshman, Uh, to when you left as a senior did you see the culture the mentality at Florida State football change and and if so in what ways
0: I would say when we first came in it was just a different uh completely different mindset like we had a whole bunch of dogs and like you got to get with it or you're going to get hurt out there. Like, it's hmm. nothing but dogs out there, like straight savages. That's how everybody was. Like, we all from our different areas, everybody out on the field, we some savages. And, has, like, and we all grinded. Like, we didn't expect anything to come easy to us because nothing came easy to us in life. And that's how the whole mentality was. But then as we kept going on, I feel like we started getting players that just felt like after all that success, they felt like they could just show up. And it would just happen, and that's when we started losing a little more. And I think it kind of had a, a ripple effect. Like, I think the year after I left, they won six games, barely made a bowl game. I believe and so. kind of that you seen that you seen that start to turn around as I was leaving. That my last year we went to the Orange Bowl, but those last two years we had more losses than we had ever like it was crazy like just those
1: few elves uh, in feel right you saw it happening Mm-hmm. yeah we we definitely saw a different in, in north reggie mentioned on it too you know the players kind of were looking ahead to the league and you know they, they definitely had the talent to go to the league so they wanted to uh, keep their bodies safe Um, and even and maybe in the oregon game that might happen but uh there was a Insane amount of talent, and I, I think a lot of former Knowles, too, if they were in the same, on the same uh, time as you at Florida State, knew that they could have probably, you know, played a little bit better uh, if, if the mentality was like it was in 2013 and it stayed that way.
0: Yeah, you've seen it, shoot. That whole year we were playing from behind the whole season, and that 2014 team was way more talented than the 2013 team, so... It was just a, a whole different mindset. Like, we shouldn't have, the game shouldn't have been close. We should have blew Oregon out. It shouldn't have been close. All those games we played close, it was all on us. Like, the mentality changed. People, we started feeling ourselves a little too much. Everybody, I would say, starts, like, we the hype. People worry about being seen on social media, Instagram, all this, and instead of, well, all right, let's put this work in. We ain't worried about the distractions we got we to gotta win for them to show us love anyway. So let's worry about that when it's time to worry about that. And we weren't approaching things like that the following year.
1: Yeah, speaking of distractions, who who came up with the idea of not being on social media during that year?
0: Um, I think I, I came in, it was always Jimbo came, had that rule like, since our freshman year, but I ain't going to lie, we, we broke that. I ain't, our freshman year, we broke that, but I ain't you know, <laughs> That's I, no big secret. we still want to tell It's just that's when that's when Instagram was hot. You was like, man, shoot, I got I got to post, man. That shoot. I gotta, <laughs> we did like I ain't gonna to we we for the most of the most part, we didn't post, but like I think maybe after the, like the ACC championship and then the big games of Florida and the Miami's, everybody was like, man, shoot, like uh-huh. this is what we grew up grew up on like we got to post this game, like, we got to post these rings, like, right? and then, but now it's kind of become so crazy, like, you feel like, looking at it from the outside, looking in, you have some people, they, they want they worry more about the internet than, you know what I'm saying, it's, that's how I looked at it, like, when I was my junior and senior, you started seeing people, it's like, man, man, they care more about this than they care about actually performing on the field.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of players that, you know, it, it's a growing thing on Instagram. And, you know, you, you can grow your brand now in high school. I mean, that it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Outlets cover it intensely. Uh, and your name is out there uh, all over the Internet. It, it's changed yeah, so got, much.
0: Yeah, You got dudes coming out of high school. They verified all they hear in the suit, how good they are, how great they are. They don't hear, like, nobody keeping it real with them even when I was coming out, like I would invite people in my corner like, alright man, you, you good, you a baller, but you ain't made it yet. You gotta work on this, this and that. You got too many yes men. That's what it is. We got too they got too many yes men in their corner. You gotta hear somebody tell you, Nah, man, you gotta work, you ain't there yet. Mm-hmm. That's what it be people telling themselves too much. Like and last year was a reality check, like, all right man, we gotta get back to work. We ain't we getting laughed at on national television. I know y'all having fun, but it ain't fun if you ain't winning. So let's let's take a look in the mirror. Everybody take a look in the mirror because the reality is, all right, everybody like the internet and all this, but if you ain't winning, those draft picks go down. The year we won the national championship, the year after, everybody, so many people got drafted. And then the year, though, I think the, the year they went 6-6 six and six or what, 7-6? Well, yeah, I think only true. one person, two people, got drafted.
3: Mhm.
1: A lot of things so change. Like,
0: yeah, I'm talking. I know some people gonna listen in, I'm no nation. I'm talking to y'all. My boys at Florida State. I'm talking to y'all, man. Like it's time for us to look in the mirror. I believe in y'all, boys, man. I I support y'all to the fullest, but we got to look in the mirror, man. I ain't, I ain't even finished sugarcoat Last year, last year we was trash. Let's be honest. Like everybody was laughing at us, man. Dude, I'm at the bookie. I'm, I'm betting on y'all boys every week. I'm like, man, they're going to turn around. They're going to turn it around. But we got to take a look. We got to take a look in the mirror, man. We got to get back to where people come in our stadium, Duke County Stadium, and they feel like people that feel like shit. They looking on the schedule like, oh, to State, all right, man. We, we, that's straight. We got us to win this week. We got it. We can't, we can't have that. We got to switch that mentality around. Like, people got to feel it. we got to go back to how we played that national championship year in the 90s when they, were, they had their run. We got to go back to that. Like that social media and all that's cool, but we got to we got to win. We got to win first. We got to make people feel us first of all. Like I'm tired of people talking about Florida State, South, like Florida Miami, all of them teams. Mm-hmm. And then you got the the Virginias, the Louisvilles. like they clowning us. Come on, we got to get that mentality back, y'all boys. I know if I don't know who gonna listen to this, but y'all need y'all need to hear it. And I'm gonna I'm keep it. I'm gonna keep it above which is like, I Ain't go. Talk down to y'all, boys. None of that. I'm building you up. The time, the time is right now. We why wait? Let's make it happen. They said they they counted us out. Shoot our national championship the year. They counted us out. The time is now. It's up to y'all. Y'all just got to put in the work. Y'all got to be disciplined. Y'all got to be committed to this goal. It's up to y'all, boys.
1: You, you're gonna try to make us run through a brick wall, or what? What you trying to do? I, I, <laughs>
3: I, I think. Tag <laughs> to get your number. You need to be in Tallahassee speaking to those guys.
0: I just got to keep it real. I know, like, shoot, I know I, I'm the, that's just how I am. Like When, when I'm around people that just want to tell me, yeah, man, you're doing this and that, man, don't tell me what I'm doing, right, man? Like, all right, that's cool. I know what I'm doing, right? Get me better. All right, we, we won last week, but what we slipped up at? That's that's the type of question that I always ask, like, all right, coach. Bring me in the meeting room. Like I'm meeting with my coach one on one after games. Like we meeting on Mondays or Sundays, and we getting it right. Like I was like, all right, coach. I did this right here, but how do you think I can adjust next time? It wasn't the way I wanted it to be. And that's how that's how people they think. People don't got comfortable with just getting just getting by. That's what that's what the problem really is. Like, nah, we gotta we gotta get back to dominating. It ain't cool to just get by. People don't feel you. That's how you take L's. That's how you take upsets. You gotta make up make them feel us again.
3: All right, agree. man. Speaking on your time at FSU, you know, it's evident that you, you know, worked your tail off, and you had a lot of big moments at Florida State. One in particular sort of sticks out, um, that being your run against the Florida Gators in 2016 uh, to put the Gators away to end that game in the fourth quarter with 13 minutes left. Um, your score, about a 30-yard score, uh, essentially sealed that up. So I'm going to play a clip from that from that play real quick, and then I'll get your reaction from it.
1: Yeah, it's put, To the up back, Stevenson, and he gets free and into the end
2: zone. Freddie Stevenson's fourth score of the year.
1: Jeff Collins told us their fullback is a weapon. We have to account for him. Kylan Johnson is going to close in, he's going to hit. Stevenson gonna hit him in the backfield but he hits him with his back he doesn't wrap up he turns his body and just hits into him and Stevenson just bounces right off of that and takes the football into the end zone.
3: Freddie that was an incredible play like I said to put the Gators away uh take us through that run you know when you looked like you were about to be stopped um, but for about a one yard gain, you turned that into a big run took it to the house Freddie just take us through that.
0: It's crazy because looking at that, like anybody that knows the play and how it was supposed to be run, it was a mid, it was a midline play. But Jimbo, like every week, he, Jimbo would have plays written up and designed specifically for me just to get me the ball. And like like something would happen every game to where we had to go away from the game. But I'm like, dang, my four plays, my four plays for the week done. Like, dang, I done lost my play. So we finally got, to, <laughs> we finally got it's to life this play. the life of fullback. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we finally got to this play, and so instead of just letting it happen, I was like, all right, they've been doing this little slant all all game on short yardage. I know they finna do it, so all right, I already predetermined it. They, then they didn't do it, so I'm like, dang, I done went to the left side. They they over here, and then buddy, buddy, he came and he hit me, and I bounced off him. I was like, all right, shoot, the right side's still open. I was like, man, shoot, I got to score. You don't get you don't get the ball much. Your, your fourth play is gone, so you got to score this time. <laughs> and it, it was a great feeling. Especially against the Gators, you know we don't like them. They talk. Right.
1: they Do the Gators talk a lot of trash on the field, or is it more Miami?
0: Uh, it, it depends. I, mean, I think the Florida team that squad they won they ain't had no dogs. They weren't really talking. They had a few few players talking, but they had a few down years. But Miami, whether they done lost ten games. or <laughs> – Whatever it is, going to talk. I'm like, dang, what, y'all boys
3: looking at so know, man, it's the scoreboard? I That's <laughs> Miami for and you. They're going to be talking all game, too.
1: Peter Wart came on here <clears throat> last year and previewed the Virginia Tech game with us, and he also mentioned that Miami players don't know how to stop talking.
0: Yeah, they gonna, they going to talk. I, I respect it. I respect it, like, too, because it just motivate me. Like, You're just going to get hit like, harder. Yeah, Florida, Florida, they, we start, we start whipping them boys, they just go hush my I'm like, damn, what, what kind of robbery robbery this is.
2: <laughs> Freddie, you were a oh, sophomore, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, you good, he's good.
2: <laughs> Freddie, you were a sophomore when Davin Cook was a true freshman in Tallahassee. When did you know he'd be a pretty special kind of player? you know, the kind of special that would end up being the all-time leading rusher in Florida State history?
0: So we knew I, knew, I knew he was special, like, right in fall camp. I think he came in, he was hurt for a little bit, and he had to recover from that injury. But in fall camp, I think a few backs had went down, so we're in the scrimmage. And it was it was one run, like, he yeah, had made, like, three people miss, and he got ghosts. I was like all right. All right. He might, he might be he might be working with something like. Cuz we seen we seen him coming out of high school. I was like all right, he might work but you know everybody good in high school. I was like he working with something like that's, that's special and then he came and he did it. He did it again. I was like, yeah, we we going to have a soldier and then we are going to have a soldier." But it was really about him learning the playbook and then I think by the second, the third week he mastered it and they they couldn't keep him off the field. At first he didn't really he didn't really know it to his fullest, but once he mastered that playbook, you couldn't you just couldn't deny his talent. Like he had to play on the field.
2: Are you sure it wasn't your blocking?
0: <laughs> oh nah, nah. nah. See, <laughs> I mean we 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 like we like Batman and Robin. Like that was that was a match made in heaven, but that he he creates so much on his own it's crazy.
1: You had you had some, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, nah, you good, you good. I was you, just going gotcha. to keep elaborating. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had some, a really good experience, too, with a lot of talented running backs during your time at Florida State, just noting Devontae Freeman, James Wilder, who's had a great time in the CFL, uh, even Carlos Williams, who had a great start to his NFL career in Buffalo, uh, and then also you have Dalvin Cook. Um, that was stacked for you.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
0: was. Um, I think it. Was, Freeman, it's crazy because people don't know this story. When I was on defense at linebacker, I found out about Freeman early. Like they was telling me about his moves and his little one-two. I found out up close and personal. <laughs> we was in the hole. <laughs> we, were, we was in the hole. It was fan day too. So I was. I was, finna, I was trying to show up. I seen him in the hole, and I was finna whack him. I was like, "All right, we out here. I'm finna hit him." I know they said don't go down, but I'm finna smack him. And he seen me, he hit me with a little one-two. I just went flying. I'm thinking I done got the man. And then I look down and still all I see is dreadlock swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, he done got me on fan day. I'm finna be on the internet. God, like... <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> He he worked um, He worked to get what he, work, he work together, Like, I respect people that grind like grind like i grind he a real soldier like i remember i would be in like tutoring and stuff and i would see him on the drill like looking from the top window i see him out there on the field doing drills and stuff i'm like dang this boy don't stop this boy don't stop and just watching all them boys man it, it was great to see like how they work and just the different skill sets they brought to the table like it just it was just a great thing to see
1: mm-hmm as a young guy in your first season, Freddie, <clears throat> you won a national championship. Uh, tell me how that experience was, and and when you knew that team had a chance to win it all.
0: I mean, first of all, the experience because it was great. The experience because coming from my high school, we didn't win. We ain't never make it to the playoffs. Like we was four and six every year. So <laughs> it was I'm like, damn, what are we winning, boy? All right, I ain't mad after the games. We winning, but. <laughs> Like just that that experience, and I think the what game did we realize we, we could go to a national championship? I think that Boston College game was big big for us, but the game that really like let this team know what we could do was that Maryland game because we were I don't think people rem- remember we were heavy underdogs for that yeah. game. They were talking about Stephon Diggs, all this like all right Maryland this. We beat we beat them boys sixty three to zero I think. <laughs> yeah, like they like all right, it's it's cool like we blew them out, but them boys couldn't score like that's when we realized all right, we just ain't balling on offense. We got our defense some dogs too.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember I remember the national media, social media saying, well, that, and they were also trying to hype up, trying to give this some kind of competition. But I think after that game, even Florida State fans were like, okay. You got a nice defense too, and you know you you've got an offense that's clicking um, with Jameis Winston under uh, the center. Uh, It's probably going to be a pretty special team. Tell me, and we hear it from quite a bit of the former guests on here uh, that were played in the national championship. But just give me how it felt being on that national stage on TV in front of millions. But just give me the feels coming out of that tunnel, running out and uh, the Rose Bowl Stadium.
0: I think it like hit me in like pregame warm was. that's what it just looked around the stadium. I was like, dang, we really we really in the Rose Bowl, like the Rose Bowl, that's bigger than life. Like you dream <laughs> about being in this stadium, like it's crazy. And then once we ran like by the time we get out of tunnel, like the jitters and everything went away and you just like, All right, we ready now but the pregame, that's really when it hit me. It's like, dang, we really, we really here. Like, we got to come home with it. Like, and then I, once we got out on the field for the game, like, it's just, all right, it's all business now. But pregame, definitely, like, that's when you start thinking about, it. like, how surreal it was. Uh,
3: that, that 2013 team, you talked about it a little bit, but it, it was certainly talented. I had a ton of NFL guys on that team. Um, but the one thing that made that team special was certainly the leadership uh, that that team had. Um, guys like Lamarcus Joyner, Telvin Smith, Timmy Jernigan, Jameis Winston. Um, can you speak on just how big of a motivator it was to have leaders like that on that team?
0: It was it was great. Like Jameis, he ran he ran everything on the offensive side of the ball. That's like having a second coach. You got Jimbo, you got Jameis. Like all right, you got two two people with great football minds. So you know you're in the best position to succeed. At every moment. And then on the defense, you got Kelvin, Timmy, Jordan, and these are all dudes with great minds. We had a lot of ballers, shoot. Jalen, you know, you see what Jalen doing in the league now. P.J., Darby. They had so many ballers. Like, offense, we got we had Cam Irvin. Like, it wasn't just James on the offensive side. We had Rashad Green. He was a big staple to that team. Kenny Show, K.B., Cam Irvin. Brian Stork, Bobby Hart, all those guys, Trey Jackson. We just were loaded. Like, yeah, Chad Abram holding that. I think fullback. You know, Freeman, I don't really want to speak on Freeman. I'm still thinking about when the boy should be. But Freeman did his thing. <laughs> <same. laughs> Freeman did his thing. But, yeah, we we just had a team full of guys that were not only leaders. They had the, We all had one coming goal, and we had similar Similar, like, upbringings, I think that's what made that group so tight-knit. Everybody related to each other in some way. Like, it was it was crazy, like, just to see that year compared to the other years. That's why, even though we were more talented that in 2014, I knew we weren't going to win the championship. It's crazy to say. But just going through the season, I was like, man, I, last year we seen the championship team. We talented, but this ain't it. We look good on that's- paper
1: right all right so getting to a little bit more of the current stuff happening in tallahassee florida state went five and seven as we all know in 2019 uh and we've had a lot of former noles on here on the podcast and they've given their opinions on what went wrong uh and and a lot of them also mentioned that this is florida state and this is definitely not how it's supposed to be and that's you know that's not why you come to florida state you come you know there's a lot of it's Florida state. I mean, there's not much more to say about it. Um, what do you think is key for them to turn things around with Willie Taggart going into his second season?
0: Um, I think just buying in really, um, he can, he can only do so much as a coach. The players have to just buy in, like whether they agree with what he's doing as a coach or what the staff, the staff is doing, you have to just buy in like, I, with Jimbo, I know players weren't finding, like, the younger players, they're like, oh, man, I don't really know about this, but the older players forced us to burn. Like, man, we've we been winning. He turned this program around, like, so people just got to buy in. Like, Tiger, he, everywhere he went, like, he turned the program around. Like, the first few years, it might, might not have been good, but eventually he turned it around, so they just got to buy in to what he's doing. He, know, he knows what he's doing. Like, he just don't get in the Florida State being the trash coach, so they just got to buy in and trusting their coach. And not only do that, they got to have his back. Because mm. he's putting his all into what he's doing. They got to have his back. And that's got to have his back on the field, in the weight room, on the, pra- on the practice field. Like, we got to be willing to put in that work and go to extra mile to make sure that not only we succeed, we make sure we succeed for our coach because he's pouring into our lives. So that's how they got to look at the situation. I feel like they'll be all right.
1: Seems like they started the off season pretty – well earlier a couple of months and now looking into what they're doing in the weight room for sure i know i saw you retweeted i believe cam Akers video he squatted 600 uh but is that kind of how it was for you in 2013 too with vic as the strength and, strength and conditioning coach there and how important it was to be in that weight room
0: oh yeah yeah it was it was big and so just speaking on that like last year just watching the games, I was like, "Dang, I don't know, man. We look kind of small out there. Like, I know, I know, we still got some ballers and all that, but I ain't never seen Florida State look this small. It just looked like we weren't really the same. But you could tell, like, everybody been putting in that work and they've been dedicated this off season. So, I'm excited to see how things go. But yeah, definitely when we were there. Coach Vic had us. He had us grinding. Like, Coach Vic, he he a motivated himself. So, on days you don't feel like going as hard as you possibly can. Vic going to bring it up. He going to find different ways to bring it up out of you. So I respect that about Coach Vic. Like, I don't really think people give him his credit. Like, he really he really does his job. Like, he he researches ways to try to motivate his players. Like, and doing what I'm doing now, like, you don't understand. it. He's like, man, Coach Vic with this and that and this and that. Like, he bothering us. And then doing what I'm doing now, like, man, they don't, really, they don't got a clue. This man really loves him. So they just, they just, Really got to just keep putting that work in and understand, like, we're doing all this for a reason on days that you don't feel like going hard. You got to remember what our goal is. Our goal is not to have seven wins. Our goal is not to have six wins and be bowl eligible. At Florida State, you play for championships every year. That's our goal. And that's the work you got to put in, in the offseason.
2: Yeah, and I think we're really – we're seeing that this offseason under um, Coach Odorinde. The offensive line, I think, over over 10 guys are now over 300 pounds, and we're really seeing a lot of players put on weight. So I think we won't be seeing an issue – well, as much of an issue with size on the field this season. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, we definitely don't. And if, if they're going – if y'all going to be small, y'all got to have that – that Popeye punch. You know, Popeye was small, but once he ate that, <laughs> inning,
1: geez, I better Lamar-
0: have a little sign in. Lamar-
1: Lamarcus joiner was the smallest ever, and he used to pop tight ends who weighed about 250 and put them on their. That's you know true. What? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much joiner weighed, weighed, like 190, 200.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's small. But yeah, he. he, a, he uh, Oh, man in and, and the little dude bodies, but you feel me like yeah, you know, <laughs> that's really all it is. Like you go in the weight room, you're gonna see him listen with the lineman, like he really a dog and that's what that's what we need, like that mentality. It wasn't even it ain't even about spirit. You got some dudes that are just they just ain't strong in the weight room, but it's all about the mindset. Like you gotta bring that mindset in everything you do and that's what joined that's what Jordan did and he applied it to every part of his life and that's how the players gotta approach the situation.
2: Yeah, Freddie. Our our last question for you tonight. You've talked about Florida State's recent struggles as a program and kind of how they can turn it around. What are your predictions for the Seminoles in twenty nineteen and Willie Taggart's second season as the head coach?
0: So I don't make no no, no prediction, but <laughs> you know, we you know we know what the expectations are at Florida State that's all that's all i'm gonna put out there that's, we know what we play for each and every year so that's 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 what i'm expecting every year we go out there i'm not saying i know of course it's not going to happen every year but we strive for perfection every season so that should be that mindset we ain't just trying to be ball eligible this year we're trying to win the whole thing like last year people said seems to have us our ball but really it was just the game, like, the we like discipline in a whole lot of different areas, and that kind of made the game go worse than it should have been. Like, the talent always been there. It's always going to be there. It's just about the mentality. So, they got to have the mindset that we're going out to win the whole thing and shit because they can't. That's Florida State. You're going to have the team every year to do it.
1: Are you planning on going to a few of the games this season, maybe even the opener in Jacksonville against Boise State?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to go up to a few games. Definitely. I ain't been Italian the minute. It's been crazy. But yeah, I definitely want to go back up. I need to hear that war chant again and get my juices from.
1: <laughs> yeah. You put your pads back on?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Shoot. Hey. If boy, if I go out there and I feel like somebody tripping, like, hey man, I'm going, we're going, we're going to switch it up at halftime. I'm gonna put on your pads. You're gonna watch me for a few, few plays, and then, I, then, then if I feel like you're ready, I'm gonna let you go back out there.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, Freddie, like I said, we were looking forward to this interview, and we went for about 45 minutes here, so we definitely appreciate appreciate you coming on here for this long a time. I think the listeners learned a lot, definitely from uh, your brand and what it means to you and why you're doing it Uh, i think that's pretty special we wish you the best of luck on that area
0: thank you thank you i appreciate you having me